Welcome to Inspiring People and Places, where we interview national leaders in the architectural, engineering, construction, and development industry in an effort to educate, innovate, and inspire industry professionals to disrupt the status quo, improve their project teams, and steward public and private investments more effectively. I'm your host, BJ Kramer, President and CEO of MCFA. Allow me to introduce today's guest. All right, inspiring people and places. Welcome back. Today's guest is what I'm, what I'm most excited about is one longstanding client and partner of MCFA, longstanding friend of MCFA, and a an interesting career path that's led him to a pretty major leadership role in the organization that we're serving, which I will let him introduce. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Sean Kidwell. Thanks, VJ. Appreciate it. Excited, excited to dig in. Before we talk about your career path, what I'd like to do is to set the stage with your, your current role, responsibilities, and organization that you're working for. Great. Okay. So currently, my, my daytime job is a, the, the Corporate Infrastructure Program Manager for the Army Research Laboratory. So the Army Research Laboratory basically performs a basic science for anything the, the soldier uses to move, shoot communicate, et cetera. So that comes with... And, and for, for our listeners, talk to us about what basic science means. So in the DOD, we, we perform different levels of, of science. Basic science is, in the context of ARL, is turned out to other centers within our command or, or other partners to further develop. So we're doing that initial science to get things teed up for for further development. Got it. I think I cut you off as you were as you were given a little more. Was there anything else about ARL's mission you wanted to hit on? Not so much the mission. I was going to highlight a little more of, of my duties. Yeah, uh, please do. So so along with you know managing the infrastructure portfolio for ARL, I also serve on several panels that are, are really exciting, especially in in this stage of my career. One being the Army uh, level lab- laboratory quality enhancement program for infrastructure. So these were <clears throat> mandated by the NDAA to to really start to to get after what the science and technology reinvention labs need in the in the realm of infrastructure. So uh, that's the Army level, and as of late, I've been uh, voted in as the chair of the DoD level laboratory quality enhancement panel for same. So kind of firing on all cylinders. I'm excited about about what we can do and what we can accomplish for the the labs across the services. So and <clears throat> I don't I don't know if this is is relevant to the conversation or what you're you're navigating, but I know Army Futures Command was stood up to try to kind of disrupt and and for reinforce innovation across the R&D. Is that the similar forcing function that that got the Army level enhancement lab enhancement program going? So yeah, I, I would say so, and, and I'm glad you brought that up. I mean, things are really exciting now. The Army, the Army Futures Command, and more specifically, their their infrastructure team are are doing fantastic things. So it's really it's really a breath of fresh air to to have them, you know putting guidance out to us at the lab and, and center levels, but also to work with them, you know, 
across the board to develop requirements and go after these creative ways of uh, of funding those requirements. And talk to us about what lab enhancement kind of looks like from a day-to-day or or like a physical infrastructure standpoint. <laughs> that that's a it's a wide breadth of things. We we try so I I think our niche is the uh, the modernization of laboratory infrastructure i.e. You know, kind of going in and and redoing a, a, an existing lab with new new finishes. You know, across the board, life health safety, but but also the new equipment in place, installed building equipment. But but more more times than not, our our duties are are focused on sustainment or repair, which really isn't in our, our wheelhouse or shouldn't be in our wheelhouse, but it just is by default. So, I mean, these days we're really running the full gamut from planning to, to building, planning and design building. It's really exciting though. Sometimes it's problematic, but. All right. So you are, you're serving as really a corporate executive responsible for all lab infrastructure facilities for Army Research Lab, but your path to this role was anything but traditional from my understanding. So take us back to to the beginning of, of Sean Kidwell's career and talk to us about the path that you've kind of walked to get here. So I'm, I'm going on 33 years with the federal government, Department of, Mar- Department of Army, and, and actually I've, I've never left the the APG ALC um, installations and in one way or one way, shape, form or another. But so I started out of a, a vocational school. I was, I was in a, a school for plumbing and heating because at that point I had no clue what I wanted to do. So I just basically threw a dart at the board and ended up in plumbing and heating. But as it turns out, you know, somebody from the lab lived in the area, came in and I happened to be the top student, so he said, I'll take your top student. Off I went. Uh, I was working at Chevron at the time, pumping gas, but went off to the Army Research Lab, at, or more, more specifically, the Delphi installation. At, what, at that point, we were all one. There was no tenant and lane holding command. We were all under one agency. But uh, I, went, I went as a plumbing and a, a plumber's helper. Um, but I'm that guy, I, I guess I never realized I'm that guy that can't sit still or, or can't say no to an opportunity, you know, that other people think might not be opportunities. So anything that came along, training, other stuff, I'll cut it short. I ended up being a water treatment plant operator, an electrician. Uh, I got my CDL to drive tractor trailers and fuel tankers. Uh, transferred to the heating and cooling plan as a stationary engineer. Um, but I think things started to really turn for me when I, I got into the engineering division for the Division of Public Works. But I'll say all during that that first section, it's really cool to reflect back because I didn't know I was making the right choices, but that that idea of somebody leaves, there's an opening, I'll fill that. I'm not worried about the pay. I just want the experience. Uh, train me. I was I was really hungry for any kind of training. So 
I think people recognize that. That's one of the lessons I learned. You know, usually people are watching when when you you think they aren't. You know, I think the most rewarding things were the ones I didn't have to ask for. These promotions that people said, you know, I think you're good for this. Why don't you give it a whirl? Yeah, and, and I think that happened a lot early on. It's too dumb to realize it. I think, but <laughs> but it worked. <laughs> so. Yeah, but but really, when I got in, I don't like to talk about things in blue collar, white collar. But but once I got that <clears throat> engineering technician uh, role as a detail, I really started to to be, feel motivated to to apply myself and and see what I could get done. Um, and that's where things I think took off. You know, ultimately, I I became a project manager, program manager. I attempted to leave to go to USACE. And, and work for them. And that's when uh, the Army Research Lab offered me a job, a lateral position, which was probably the best thing that ever happened to me. That that was just fantastic because I landed with an organization who I think flowed with my mindset. Like they would let me try anything as long as it was for, was for the organization. And I had a lot of agility to to really try stuff and great leadership to to push me where I needed to be pushed. So that's great. Did I hear something about underwater diving? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I I still wonder about this, but yeah. I I convinced this was a DBW. I convinced the colonel at that time to give me leave without pay. I was I was really into welding at that point. I had gotten my 60 welding certification. Uh, and was doing welding in the the heating and cooling plant. Somebody said something about underwater welding and just clicked in my head. So I literally took five months leave without pay and went up to Camden, New Jersey uh, to to attend commercial dive school full time. Which, again, I, I I excelled at that. I don't. I, but but that was in January. I remember remember <laughs> being on the dock in January. Like, what the hell am I doing? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but but I was number one in my class. So they offered me my first job. They're like, we're gonna send you to the Horn of Africa. I'm like, what? <laughs> like but but the pay was the thing. They're like, we're gonna pay you. The pay was very low, but it's because you have no bills. You're out on an oil rig, eating on their dime, living on their dime. So they try and entice you with all this stuff. But long story short, you know, I, I decided to go back to the lab and it was probably for the better. Uh, <laughs> that's great but, but yeah i <clears throat> i have a portfolio of certifications not to brag but it's kind of funny before <laughs> this i look back through through these various certifications and i have actually have that in there because i'd that's go into interviews and they'd open it up and see commercial diver what in the world but that's all it's really done for me <laughs> <laughs> all right so you, you go from engineering tech into a project manager, program manager, get more leadership experience. At what point, you know, do you do you go on this path to to new labs? And and I'm trying to figure out where we started working with you along so, that career path. I think I think my uh, the aperture started to, to open when I was invited to one of the ARL directors delegated this LQIP had just come out at the time, so he delegated the the role to me to attend, which. Was really overwhelming at first. I like to think of 
my career is like claw, 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 get to a plateau. Then I kind of get bored. Claw, 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 <laughs> get myself into something else crazy. So the Elk Club was probably the craziest thing for me at the time because it was just people, you know, from other services, other labs, really wild. Yeah, so I think in, in the midst of all this and kind of the the statutes and stuff that were coming out, I think I think my first real engagement with MCF with MCFA was when uh section two fifty two at the time came out and it was a requirement to stand up a last laboratory master plan. It might have it might have been just a report, but I took it and ran with it. You know, I I used this as a, I, I wanted to do something like this, so I exploited this statute to say, you know, we must do this. ARL leadership being what they exploit. He means he means sell internally and use it as a forcing function to get funding. <laughs> exactly, but because I I knew I knew within the circles I was running the, that that's what the SRLs would benefit from. We, you know, we needed to market ourselves and and figure out a way to really talk about our requirements because they were so different from traditional Army re- requirements, Navy, Air Force requirements. So um, that's what led me to MCFA. And, and man, the vision and, and the products that came from, from this relationship are still, you know, paying off dividends. You know, we continue to iterate and, and make things better with with the team. And I think that I wanted to hit on that at some point, you know, I think all through my career, I've always teamed up with the right people. Um, I, I think this this flows perfectly into kind of leadership lessons. So let's yeah. let's go there. Yeah. And I don't know if you remember, BJ, and I hate this term, but I came up through this kill the contractor type mentality, you know, I do remember it. Beat the death out of yeah. the contractor. They're always wrong. Yeah. We're the dark side. We're the dark side. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But I, that just, that just tweaked me. Every time I heard that, I couldn't understand it because I, you know, I, I'm a loyal person. I like to develop relationships that work and are productive for the, the collective, you know? So looking back, I've always done that. And I've, I've caught in a lot of flack, especially early in my career, but but I just stuck with that. And it's something I'm proud of, you know, even today, you know, with the MCFA team. And it's not necessarily as bad as it was, you know. Well, but yeah, I want you to talk more about that because I do think that in, in I was actually just writing about this. Maybe this will be the email blast for the week that, that you air. But it's just business, you know, is is a term that a lot of people like to use. And I, I understand federal acquisition regulation, and we have to have rules, and we have to have fr- fair procurement policies, and all that. But one, you can't you can't execute anything without the right type of partners. And then two, you want to use partners that you know you can rely on, and that you know you can build a relationship with. And relationships aren't built by treating treating consultants or subcontractors or contractors as something lower than a partner yeah. it's it, you know it, and I, I i had the same experience when i was core of engineers and like uh, oh that's a consultant or oh that's that's the contractor you know and it's just it's not a win-win mentality yeah. um and you know I, I i agree that i think that we've gotten further and further away from that um but for 
some of the public folks that might be listening to this, I I think if you're probably listening, probably if you're listening to this, you're not of that mindset, um, <laughs> right. or you would have stopped listening a long time ago. Uh, but I, I do I do want you to share as much of that as you can, Sean, because I, I do think you're a champion for for doing things smart and and pushing the envelope and building relationships and you know kind yeah. of navigating the bureaucracy i think i know a lot of it's just listening to your gut at least at least my gut you know it hasn't steered me wrong i taking that team mentality and and i think most importantly early on learning to admit when you're wrong and not not throw the blame a lot of mm. a lot of the the team members contract be a contractor or or other you know really really respond well to that and, and what's it costing you in the end you know that's what i always sort of wondered especially when i got into the more complex projects you know let's just let's just get past this you know something went wrong put it out there move on don't make a big deal of it nobody has to get their head lopped over, lopped off over everything you know <laughs> but um, yeah I, I said at one point you know I was leaving, I was actually leaving the lab and I had a, a, a job offer to go somewhere else. And I, I was actually at my going away party when I found out I was going to stay, but that's, that's another funny story. <laughs> so I had to give a lot of back, back a lot of gifts. But when I looked around at this retirement, not retirement, geez, you know, moving on party and, and I was like, wow, I, I love the mix of people that are here. It's, it's not just all gubbies. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a nice mix of consultants, contractors, you know, people who have, I, I've dealt, dealt with over the years and, and had a, I don't know, put a good, a good, uh, built a good reputation with, you know? Yeah. And, and I valued everybody who was there. It's just kind of neat when things like that happen to reflect and uh, so, so at that point, that was that was fairly early on, on in my career. You know, I was like, I, I don't care what people think. I'm just going to do what works. You know, and I, I've kept, I've kept to that today. I mean, I mean, Michael and your guys will probably tell you, you know, I I try and create an environment where it doesn't feel like anybody's on the outs or we're all equal. You know, let's just, let's right. just get the job done, and, and that's what we do. Amen. Any other leadership lessons you want to hit on? Um, so uh, in my engineering division days, one of my one of my best bosses ever slid me. I, I didn't know who did this. I come back to my desk and uh, there was less leadership lessons from Colin Powell. It was just a, a printed out thing on my desk. And I sat down and started reading that. And man, it just like, it spoke to me. Like, I'm not that guy that, that goes around looking for inspirational quotes or whatever. But I, I read through this and I was like, man, most of these I completely get. But one of them was, you know, if people aren't coming to you to solve problems, uh, you're probably not, you're probably not leading. You're probably, uh, you probably lost something because that's what a leader does. You know, a leader solves problems or, or distills things down to simpler more digestible pieces so we can start attacking the, the issue or problem. But, but that one just stands out to me. And I've always tried to be that, you know, I, I think I'm approachable and I like to solve problems, especially the, the more complex ones that are take out of the box thinking. The hairier, the better. Yeah. 
Um, also on that list, uh, my dad gave me the same. He actually gave me Colin Powell's book before I went to West Point. <clears throat> so I remember those. Everything is always better in the morning. And he, he would remind me of that often. And optimism as a force multiplier are two, uh, two of Colin Powell's rules. I forget what he called it. I think it was on there too. The problems don't get better as the day goes on. Yeah. You know, don't yeah. let them linger. Bad news doesn't get better with time. That's it. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Inspiring People in Places is brought to you by MCFA. MCFA is a CVE verified service disabled veteran owned small business. At MCFA, our why is to inspire people in places through project leadership. We provide planning, strategy, program management, and construction management support services to a wide variety of public and private sector clients. Kind of shifting gears, a little bit of rapid fire questions. I won't ask you about the Ravens because we'll, we don't want to timestamp <laughs> this. I don't know when this is. The Ravens might be in the Super Bowl by the time this airs, or maybe they've just won the Super Bowl. Um, but if you could have three people to a dinner party, dead or alive, who would they be? Oh, man. I actually asked this question on some interviews, a similar question. So, well, I have to go back to my, my love for music. So I'll do a business one right. and then a personal one. So I'm a, a huge deadhead, Grateful Dead fan. Most people don't know that. Brooke knows it. But I can see Brooke. I can see Brooke. So I'd, ha I'd have to say Jerry Garcia or Bob Weir. I'd love to just, yeah, Jerry Garcia. You didn't say they couldn't be deceased, but uh, yeah, Jerry Garcia, Bob Weir. I, I just love the music has has touched me and and done a lot for me. So I'd like to that'd be one of them. But all uh, right, Henry Ford's the other one actually. Big Ford guy, but that aside, you know. Thinking back to to what Henry Ford did and the mindset he must have had to to start to start production of of a vehicle that was more affordable and all these like mind blowing things he did. Uh, I heard something he said uh, if he had asked people what they what they wanted, they would have probably said a faster horse. But uh, <laughs> you know, he had he had the foresight to to make the automobile affordable for for just about everyone and. And look where it's led us today. I don't know, just a great mind, I think. I need one more. Oh, man. I'll just throw out Mike Ronella. Okay. The Meat Eater podcast guy. I guess he started the podcast. How about favorite books? Well, I was into John Grisham for a while. I read a lot of John Grisham books. Actually, it's been a while since I read a book. <laughs> but... <laughs> yeah, I'd go with the uh, the fiction novels. I like it. Clan of the Cave Bear. That was what is it? Clan of the Cave Bear. <laughs> Clan of the Cave Bear. That's a wild one. I, I, I'm blanking on the author, but basically, it's a book about what it was like in the caveman days. All right, I like it. You said you're not a guy that collects quotes, but any favorite quotes that stand out to you? No, I think uh, I think the Colin Powell stuff. Uh, a good Einstein quote. I think this was. I don't remember the year, but back in the day, they nineteen hundreds. I think Einstein said all that. Maybe it wasn't Einstein. Somebody said all that could be invented has been invented. Things like that always strike me as interesting. You know, 
perspective on on times a while a while ago and what they thought and and where we are today you know if they if they could see what what's transpired and, and where we are today it'd be pretty fascinating but yeah i'm not a, i'm not a big quote guy i just kind of they resonate with me when i hear them but i don't really like yeah uh, <laughs> All right, outside of the office, I know you're into mm-hmm. hunting. Talk to us about your uh, your hobbies. Yeah, so I actually I think some of my I've honed my leadership skills a lot outside of the office through volunteer opportunity. I know you volunteer as well. Are you a wrestling coach? Uh, football coach. Uh, I I'm my son's wrestling. I'm not re- I'm not oh. a wrestling coach. I I don't know enough about wrestling. Cool. I, I actually just was at a wrestling meet over the weekend, and I'm like. The coach, bunch of people called out sick, and I'm like, dude, I I would love to help you, but I don't I don't know enough. <laughs> I, I wrestled. It's incredible sport, but yeah. So so 4H. I'm not not sure if you're familiar 4H and FFA Future Farmers of America. Somehow, you know, I, I live in suburbia, but somehow my wife has navigated us to this community of 4H. For the kids, but I, I've learned so much through this, and that's kind of what led me to the hunting activities as well. Anything to do with my kids, I truly like. I love, but uh, I've done a lot through 4-H. Me and my wife lead a couple clubs, but NWTF. Fast forward, we got involved in an organization called called National Wild Turkey Federation, and that's just sent me on a whole nother path. Turkey hunting, deer hunting. I'm emphatic about it, especially turkey. Just got a turkey tattoo. Did you? <laughs> but, but yeah. What, what is it that what is it that hooked you? True. Um well, I think a lot of it the deer hunting and all is really my kids that hooked me, but the turkey hunting, it's something about just the the back and forth with the the animal and and trying to to harvest the turkey is is just incredibly challenging and and fun. The weather's always nice. I've now got gotten into upland bird hunting. I have a bird dog. I'm like completely over. I have I have way too much stuff to do with hunting, but but uh, you're well prepared for retirement years. Yeah. <laughs> a bird. If you can survive a bird dog, you can survive anything. <laughs> I, I like that you brought up that you've honed your leadership in uh, volunteer work. Talk a little bit about that. Cause I, I always talk about volunteer work as like a leadership hack because you get, you get reps in, uh, oh, man. there's not a lot of judgment because you're volunteering. Uh, so you get to kind of fail yeah. on your own. They and can't fire you. Wh- <laughs> that's right. <laughs> no, that's, I love that. I love that uh, term because I'm, I'm again, I don't, I don't even know I'm doing these things, but, but Cub Scouts, for example, like, I got involved with Cub Scouts. Mainly my my boy signed up and was like, you know, I, I could really do this. I could give more. And, and I signed on as uh, den leader for Cub Scouts. And that's kind of where things started with me. I, I didn't do a lot of volunteering before kids, but but man, I I just learned so much, you know, through, through learning how to teach others and lead others. And something as simple as Cub Scouts, it's a lot of responsibility too, because you know, you have kids out on hikes, you're making campfires, you're learning how to use yeah. knives and whittle. But but I think 4-H is really, their their part of their motto is leadership's ingrained in, th- in 4-H, mainly for the kids, but 
but the adults have to have to leave the kids, you know. Right now I'm on a a hot shots club. Um I'm I'm a level two archery instructor for the the four H Hotshots Club, which is all disciplines, but but I, I work with the archery and that's just phenomenal because I love archery. I love seeing a kid. They have a thing called first to shot, you know, kids come into an archie clinic and you get them shooting. I think it's within 15 minutes and you just see the, the light bulbs going off in the kids, but you have to do this safely. And, and then you start, you start building on the discipline from there. And that's just fantastic. But I, I think, and more to come, you know, I, I have goals to be a level two instructor where I can grow with all that. As my boy comes up, my daughter has aged out. My daughter was, uh, she's gone on national trips for archery. Uh, she's gotten scholarships that have really, really been amazing through all these NWTF, 4-H. So all these things, it's just like get out there and do stuff and, and good things happen, you know? I love it. To close us out, anything that you would want to say to, you know, maybe a a junior engineer or, or somebody coming out of the army that might be coming up through the ranks or, or just to the industry in general, kind of some, some parting wisdom based think, on your career path. I think to the individual, you know, uh, I don't want to say mind your own business. Don't get, don't get wrapped up in what everybody else around you is getting Focus on you and what you can do for the organization. And trust me, you'll get yours probably quicker than the people you're focusing on outside of outside of yourself. Just just do what you know is right. Stay the course. If the organization needs you to fill a gap, please do it. You'll never go wrong there. At least you'll take take something away, even if it's I know what I don't want to do now. Like just Amen. go do it. But I am excited. I think there's a lot of fantastic stuff ahead for the the DOD labs. I think a lot of people are struggling with this return to work thing post COVID. I think that presents amazing opportunities though. We have an opportunity to restructure the way we, we do business or, or how we look at real estate, which presents amazing opportunities, bringing in partnerships. You know, how do, how do we use this excess admin space that the people aren't coming into now because they're teleworking or, or how how do we get more creative with the way we we configure labs or modernize labs? You know what does right look like now that the workforce is changing? So I, awesome. I really look forward. I, I think there's a lot of people doing the right thing and advocating at at high levels. So I think we only go up from here. Well, let me. Uh, publicly, thank you for being such an awesome client and partner for us at MCFA. Uh, appreciate you taking the time. And and I really appreciate you, uh, one, setting the standard inside of ARL for stewarding the public investment and reinvestment into the facilities, but also putting yourself out there at, at the higher levels to be part of kind of shepherding what the lab of the future looks like as we continue to, I mean, it's really it is the heart of the future of national defense is is our r and d uh, and you're you're supporting that as the as kind of the backbone and and the facilities and infrastructure side of it. So thanks for everything that you do at Army Research Lab. Well, thank you too, BJ. Hey, everybody. 
If you're enjoying this show, do us a favor and subscribe to Inspiring People and Places on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast hosting platform. We'd also greatly appreciate if you left us a review and shared this with other entrepreneurial public servants and all your friends and family in the AEC space. Be sure to visit our website, www.mcfaglobal.com. Sign up for our newsletter to stay in touch with us and learn about all of the projects and clients we're helping. Last but not least, we are hiring. We are always hiring. Do us a favor. Take a look at what jobs we have open. Contact us through our website or connect with me on LinkedIn. Until next time, have a great rest of your week and a great weekend.